It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partner and fellow CFP, Josh Gregory, special guest, Ben Bolgreen. Hey, do you have a goal to retire before age 65? If so, do you also have a plan for your health insurance? We're going to help you understand all of your options that are available for health coverage before Medicare is available on this episode of the Wise Money Show. I kind of thought you were just asking me. I yeah. almost said yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very much so. I would like to. Hey, let, let's not get too, <laughs> too hasty here. All right. All right. Just, just teasing. If you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. And honestly, we get so many questions about health insurance, especially at retirement, when you want it to be simple. They just make it so stinking complicated. So we're here for you, or you can have, uh, you know, ask questions for the program. We'd love to help. Uh, you can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. There's a spot right there where you can submit a question, turns into an email, goes right to me, lands in the queue here. So, uh, And then all over social media, we get lots of questions there on the YouTube channel, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Ben Bullgreen is back in the studio. Thanks for, thanks for being here, Ben. Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. All right. So, Ben, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, it's, we were laughing earlier. Uh, ben is a giant of a man. <laughs> so what, what are you, 7'10"? Uh, really, really, really close. His nickname is Big Ben Big for ben. a reason. Yeah. That's right. So, But but he, we have his chair lowered. Very, It's very low. His, his <laughs> knees are almost touching his chin. So, but, but Ben is one of our health insurance experts. Actually does a few different things on the team. And, um, and specifically helping folks transition from their workplace retirement into or workplace uh, health insurance plan onto Medicare in in f- figuring out the right parts and plans and all of that. But it's more than just that. It's also, well, what if you retire before Medicare? Or what if you have an interruption in health coverage or you're self-employed? Our team and Ben helps with all of that. Today, we're going to focus on, well, what if you need health insurance solutions before 65? But I would urge you, even if that's not your plan. You got to pay attention. Well, that's right, because a a lot of people think they're going to retire sometime at 65, maybe after age 65, and life throws them a curveball. In in fact, the statistics are pretty interesting. Uh, What is it? 69% of people think they're going to retire at 65 or later, but 34% actually do. Yeah, crazy. So there's a there's a large chunk of the population that think they've got until age 65. I'm I'm going to go off my uh, employer's plan straight on to Medicare, and then something changes. Could be, you know, a family member's health changes. Maybe yours do, does. Maybe there's a change in your industry. You lose your job. You you kind of get ushered into retirement early. And boy, um, it, it wasn't all that long ago that COVID yeah. sent a lot of people mm-hmm. into retirement earlier than they than they thought. Now, you know, Josh, we've been doing this a long time. And if those stats are true, which every time you bring them up, I, my brain wants to argue with you. Those are fresh. But if they if they are fresh, I wouldn't say that these folks retire sooner because all of a sudden they find out they're more prepared for retirement. Yeah, some people do. Some, some, but I wouldn't say that's the masses. Right. It's typically a, a health interruption, a family interruption, so yeah. a health issue with the family or something with your industry or your job, and and neither of those are are really pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all speaks to the value of planning and being proactive. So Ben, let's get into it. We're going to focus on 
uh, retiring before age 65 and therefore what are your health insurance options you've got to create a bridge in your financial plan for social security but you've really got to figure out what you do with health insurance and i've teed up a few here so let's start most people think the first option is cobra so so what is cobra or or give us some basics and then let's evaluate that as an option yeah perfect i think it'd be helpful before we even get to that to just define a few key terms for this conversation because a lot of people that I meet with they get confused what is my what's my premium again what's my deductible what am I what am I responsible for mm-hmm. and so I'll try to keep this on top of mind as we're going through talk define them as we go too but right off the top your premium <clears throat> the the piece that we're talking about when we talk about premiums would be the monthly amount that you pay for your health coverage mm-hmm. your deductible Really simplify it down, but the deductible is the amount that you're responsible for before insurance kicks in. Mm-hmm. Now, there's if you get preventive services, that's typically covered in most health plans. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you see your deductible, that's how much you're going to pay for your health coverage. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know what those numbers are off right. the top of their head, mm-hmm. you know, um, because y- you could get even more complicated. Not only do you have to meet your deductible, mm-hmm. you got to pay so much out of pocket before the insurance company maybe starts sharing in the cost with you. Exactly. But then it is often a, a cost sharing, you know, stretch for for a while where they're paying a little, you're paying a little, right. and until they're all in paying for everything. And so a, a lot of people just don't know how their own health insurance works, mm-hmm. and that may be a good thing because, <laughs> boy, if if you're staying out of the doctor's office other than preventative type uh, care, you're not having major surgeries or major illnesses or whatever, then maybe you've never tested those numbers before. Right. But uh, in this case, if you're coming off an employer's plan going on to Cobra, which mm-hmm. I know you're going to explain here. Yep. Um, but boy, it may be time to get mm-hmm. real acquainted with those details. Well, right? especially the premium. And especially I'm assuming, premium. I'm assuming, well, Ben, go ahead. I, I'm a, I won't steal your thunder. No, then. totally fine. So, so yeah, those are those are the two main ones. There's co-pays, which is a portion that you pay for services, co-insurance, a portion that you pay that's shared by the insurance company. And that's typically after you hit the deductible before you get to your max out of pocket, which is usually a higher number. Sometimes deductible and max out of pocket are shared. But those are the, the three basic things, premium, deductible, max out of pocket, that I think is really helpful for us to just yeah. get on the same page for. Yeah. And, and yeah. we're you know big into education. you got to understand these things. Mm-hmm. And we often say at the Wise Money Show, it's jargon-free zone. So I appreciate you leveling the, the playing field. And that's also why you want to work with a health insurance expert mm-hmm. so that you can really get a firm understanding of what you're dealing with and then what your options are so you can make a great decision. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's Cobra. interesting though that you you said that Cobra is the first option. I think most. So, so here, here's why. I think most people um, they're familiar with their health insurance coverage. They know who's in network, mm-hmm. who's not in network, and so there's a little bit of well, I already it, I, I, there's a fear of the unknown, and therefore mm-hmm. I'm more comfortable sticking with what I have. Now, what's not as comfortable? Speaking uh, to premium, mm-hmm. you define that well. Mm-hmm. Most people, they're, you're paying just a portion of your health insurance right. while you're working. I think it is required. Don't I don't know. Maybe required that an, an employer cover some of your health insurance, or is that just courtesy? I, I don't know the answer. So to that. Mu- maybe based say, on size of the employer. I think right. that's right. But yeah. but so let's just assume that most, most. employers 
are paying for some of the health insurance that you have. Now, mm-hmm. you're you're probably paying some out of your paycheck as well. Mm-hmm. But for most people, that is not even close to the total premium. Right. And right. when you switch on to Cobra, you pay the total premium. That ex-employer of yours is no longer picking up any of the tab. Right. In fact, you can even pay a little surcharge, mm-hmm. 102% potentially of what the total expenses. If you are helping to carry the cost of your insurance while you're working for another employer, it's coming out of your paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Bite-sized pieces right. spread out every pay period throughout the year. And most people, they don't give it any thought. You know, mm-hmm. when, when was the last time you went and looked at your pay stub? You know, most people get them electronically and never open them, that sort of thing. But there's a there's a chunk of money that's being paid on your behalf by your employer, usually, and you're often paying some portion of your premiums mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year as well. But if if all you're really used to doing is just living off the take-home pay, you know whatever lands in your bank account is what you're budgeting off of. It's what you're living with. Um, then then this just may not be on your radar. Yeah. Just how expensive it is. And when you go on Cobra, you're now bringing all of that cost on your shoulders. Right. No longer is there an employer helping you. Mm-hmm. You're feeling it all in a monthly premium instead of a maybe biweekly portion. And um, it, you know it, it can be kind of shocking to some people. Absolutely. And and that's part of the reason why some people think of Cobra as just an expensive way to go, depending on what kind of insurance you have. Before we yeah. get into the guts, what would you say as you're meeting with folks? Does, is Cobra the first thing that they're thinking about? Typically, if people come to meet with me, it's on top of their mind because they have been told. So yeah. they know it's an option. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, yeah, I'm leaving my employer, and so I have this Cobra coverage. They told me I can continue my health care. Is this a good idea? Yeah. And then that's when we transition to talk through some of the other options available for people. Mm-hmm. But the the thing that we – I think we've already talked about a little bit when I was trying to simplify it down. Well, what's the big pro? What's the big con? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that Coming a little bit. Next. Yeah. That's right. All right. So Cobra is one of the options you've got to evaluate. Is that the first thing you consider or is that the only thing you consider? We'd argue no. But then what are your other options? What are the pros and cons of those? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, if you're retiring before 65, that is before you're eligible for Medicare, what are your health insurance options? And then how do you choose which which is best? We're helping with that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Josh Gregory and special guest health insurance expert, Ben Bullgreen. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on all Wise Money content, you can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. We, I've teased this out. We've, we are in the process of a new website. Ben mm-hmm. actually helps on the marketing team, as well as Lindsay, who produces the show. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I don't want to oversell it. But anyway, so uh, wisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media, wherever you are. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Helping you right now with what are your health insurance choices before age 65. Medicare, most people, this is also, I actually argued with a physician about this. Not not a highlight in my career. It's usually <laughs> not a good idea to so argue where, with. Where she was convinced that, yes, they've tinkered with the Social Security eligibility ages, and they've done the same with Medicare. And I said, no, Med- Medicare is still age 65. And she's like, no. Wow. No, you can get it at 62. No, they talked about it, but no. It's still 65, and, and yeah. it is yeah. 65, unless you've been um, 
disabled for mm-hmm. 24 months and by disabled not just you know you sprained your toe like right. your social security disability yep. or end stage renal disease mm-hmm. which it's unique that they specify that situation but it's an awful situation yeah. Yeah, so those sure. those uh are the circumstances in which you're eligible for medicare so we're talking before age 65 what are your options started teeing up cobra ben just lay the foundation so what is cobra what are the pros what are the cons yeah absolutely so cobra also known as the consolidated omnibus budget reconciliation act <laughs> that's what <laughs> only I congress think. can come right. up with that right <laughs> and i don't know which one's least helpful yeah cobra or that that's see right. i always think continuation of benefits and i always think that's what the cob stands for and then the ra they just threw into it would be a lot easier <laughs> if that's what it was yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's for our purposes yes continuation of coverage usually temporary after you leave an employer most cases it's 18 months mm-hmm. there are some situations where it's longer but you're able to continue the coverage that you've had from your working career for a set period of time. And sometimes that's long enough to get you to Medicare, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. It's meant to be a bridge, essentially, right? right? It's This isn't a long-term solution, necessarily. Correct. And uh, some of those exceptions, what if uh, a, a surviving spouse, mm-hmm. like if you passed away, was mm-hmm. that 36 months, if right. I remember correctly? Yep. Or if you've got uh, minor children, maybe mm-hmm. you can get some extension there. But but in all circumstances, it's not a permanent thing. It's right. not like you get to just stay on that former employer's plan forever. So it's buying you an opportunity mm-hmm. to keep doing some research, keep doing some comparisons, and find another alternative to have in place, right? Yep, absolutely. I think the pro, the obvious pro I sort mm-hmm. of already mentioned, and that is you get to keep your same coverage. Yep. So you, you, you're in network, your doctors, that's all that's familiar. That's like, a pro if your coverage was good. If right? You, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Some people don't want to, and they can't wait to get off of that plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, most people orient their life around, well, what do I have while I'm working? I guess it depends how long you've been with that employer yeah i think the obvious con is the price yep you got exactly what i was gonna say yeah yep yeah and and so that's because you're now paying the full share of cobra and you suddenly realize how stinking expensive your Mm -hmm. health insurance is and i think part of that is because especially because you're used to paying a certain amount and now you're paying the full amount Mm -hmm. whereas if you were to look at that same plan on the marketplace, potentially that is what the premium is. Potentially not, depending on, as we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But the big thing is, just you're, you're not used to paying that much for the exact same thing that you've been having. Yeah. Other other pros and cons. I I, I don't know if this is a pro or a con, but it's more of just a warning. Um, you know, a, a lot of people who find themselves leaving an employer, maybe unexpectedly, maybe a, against their wishes, they they got let go or. Um, downsized or, or something like that, you're scrambling around. Uh, th- this could be kind of a crisis moment in your life. And some people forget about it. You mm-hmm. know, they're told on their last day or whatever, human resources sits them down, explains that you you have the option to continue your coverage. Here's how you do it. You're going to start getting bills, all that. But it, it requires you to take action. Mm-hmm. And you do have a narrow window of time to decide to opt in or opt out. I, I think it's like 60 days, yeah. right? Yep. And boy, 60 days can come and go pretty quickly if you're, you know, rushing around looking for a, a new job, that, that sort of thing. So don't forget about it, mm-hmm. I guess would be, you know, one warning. But then also, man, to me, COBRA rates, they are so expensive because mm-hmm. you're feeling the full brunt of it, maybe at a time when your income is down, that sort of thing. To me, 
this has to get worked into a fresh new version of your budget. Yeah. If if you are whether you're going into retirement early and you're not eligible for Medicare yet, that's kind of the spirit of this show. Or if you're in between jobs and you need to continue coverage, all of that, man, a, a budget to make sure that whatever income is coming in is going to last. Uh, make sure that you're not going to burn through resources too quickly. But keep in mind, this could be one of your largest budget items, yep. and you don't want to forget it. That's for sure. To offset that the con of Cobra, mm-hmm. which is you know typically the price. Let's jump to what I would say is usually the third consideration, the third health insurance consideration. Yeah. First, maybe, is COBRA. Third is is actually not health insurance at all. Right. It's a share plan. And so, Ben, what's what are those all about? Yeah. Share plans typically come with some type of faith component to them. So you, along with a, a group of people that share similar backgrounds, faith beliefs, would join this plan pay a monthly amount like you would your monthly premium essentially and then you would pay for all of your medical bills up front so you pay in cash and then as long as it meets certain requirements then that pool of money that everybody's been paying into you can qualify to be reimbursed for your medical expenses yeah so typically it's faith based but there are some tech companies health tech com- companies that are coming in and doing something similar so there would be a range of options available for people. But if we're going right to a, a potential drawback of one of these plans is that you do have to pay cash for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because the the sort of simple minded side of me, which is the majority, um, <laughs> <laughs> says, wait a second, isn't that how insurance is supposed to work? Mm. A group of people sort of link arms and all say, well, let's just pay a little bit every single month. And then, listen, if you get a bill, if you have a health issue, okay, you'll just draw out of this pool. Mm-hmm. And if I have a health issue, we'll, I'll just draw out of this pool. Like, that, I, I view that as health insurance without the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. The or the profit motive, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because there's a reason why insurance companies, they have the biggest building in the city, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they make money. It is for a profit. And you're right. It's still pooling a risk, though. You're paying a small amount along with thousands, maybe millions of mm-hmm. other people. And a small portion of that group is going to have health concerns, major issues, that sort of thing. And so the group as a whole essentially is helping cover the, the cost. Right. It's not that different than these cost sharing programs. Right. The- the challenge, though, is the catastrophic. Mm-hmm, and yeah. oftentimes, we're a big fan of high deductible health plans, those sorts of things, because the flexibility that it offers. And those are they used to be thought of as major medical or um, so, something like that. But that would seem like that is the gap. That's the big risk mm-hmm. with these share plans. Okay, if you you know if you have strep throat, then you're going to be fine. Right. Or you break an arm, you're going to be fine. But if you get cancer, mm-hmm. if you need to a big surgery you're in the hospital for a few days this i don't know like that's a that's a glaring weakness of these plans yeah Mm -hmm. and they do have some of these plans do offer catastrophic coverage for situations like that where you will get reimbursed for that but you still have to come up with that money up front or work with a doctor work with a hospital to say i'm going to be on this payment plan until I can get this reimbursement back. You know, a lot of these big insurance companies have gone to the doctors, the hospitals, the networks and mm-hmm. everything and have negotiated prices down or kind of 
you know, forced right. prices down. You have to kind of go do your own negotiating, your own um, you. requests, that sort of thing, and say, hey, is there anything we can do differently on this price, mm-hmm. Mr. Surgeon or Mrs. Doctor, whatever? So, Ben, just real quick, if if Cobra, we don't love the price, mm-hmm. the share plan, plans are typically, what, 40% maybe of that cost, 30% of yep. the Cobra cost? Yep. So it's going to be a significant savings. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's not health insurance. Nope. We have to state that again. And there are pretty big risks with pretty big health issues. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it is it is an option. Mm-hmm. But you want to, you know, again have the education. You don't just want to look at the price online and say, "Oh, I'm going to do that instead because that looks more affordable." So, all right, we're getting we're getting to what I would say is the primary choice that you sh- should consider for health insurance before Medicare. We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. When you're retiring before being eligible for Medicare, what are your health insurance options? We've hit two of them. The most important, and I, I we would argue probably your primary choice we're going to help you with right now. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFT Studios. Josh Gregory, special guest, health insurance expert, Ben Bullgreen. Every episode of the Wise Money Shows on podcast, wherever you listen, go check it out and do us a favor, subscribe to it, and then rate the program while you're there as well. That helps give feedback to us, but also as others are kind of searching the podcast universe, looking for uh, content on on wise financial matters, that helps them find us. So we appreciate we appreciate that. Okay, so we're, we're taking the, the topic of Retiring before 65, which on average, you know, a couple decades ago, the average retirement age was 62, 61, 62. I, that seems early to me. Yeah. And, uh, and and that, of course, lines up with Social Security. The earliest you can take it is, is 62. But gosh, decades ago, there wasn't the Affordable Care Act or the Unaffordable Care Act. Um, it, it was <laughs> Medicare was 65 and you needed to find coverage. And I remember early in my career, gosh, it was just challenging to find, I mean, we were doing short-term policies, yep. but mm-hmm. they, um, they didn't allow for preexisting conditions. So if you had something, you just knew this coverage you were paying month to month for, wasn't going to cover it. And it, that was a big mess. Mm-hmm. I remember all the political controversy, and I am not politically charged. I know many people are, um, but the political controversy with Obamacare, quote unquote, Affordable Care Act. But I also remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to change planning, financial planning in significant ways. Now your taxes and your tax decisions are going to impact stri- like directly your health insurance choices. But then I also it stood out to me, hey, for everyone that doesn't like this politically and the financial fiscal cost of it, which is breathtaking, yeah. um, this is going to solve for a lot of people the I'm going to retire before 65, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Because you now have this this coverage that you can get and it doesn't exclude pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's called Obamacare. It's called Affordable Care Act. It's called healthcare.gov. Um, it's called the marketplace. Mm-hmm. It's called all sorts of things. Yep. So this is most people's second option. They think I'm familiar with Cobra. I'm familiar with my coverage. So should I do Cobra when I retire before age 65? And then they hate that price. So they look at maybe a share plan. 
But for most people, considering a healthcare.gov plan is very appropriate. Mm -hmm. So Ben, talk about the marketplace, talk about that process. What, 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 what is this solution? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, healthcare.gov for, I'd say the majority of the United States, there are a couple of states that have their own website to, to run the marketplace plans. So that will allow you to view all of the health insurance options in your zip code. So this is based on the region that you live in. Okay. And it's going to, if we were sitting down and we were going through a meeting where we're comparing these plans, we're going to get a little bit of household information from you. So how many people are on your plan? Who needs coverage? How many dependents? Do you use tobacco? Questions like that. And then we're going to enter in your estimated income for the year. Mm. The reason I asked for income is because that can affect how much you would pay in premiums, your monthly premium for this health insurance coverage. Mm -hmm. So if you, and they ask for an estimate because it can be tough to know if you're not working with a CFP, right? To know what your income is going to be for the year. So they're asking for an estimate and it's not how much you earned in the first six months and then we're just going it's your it's the entire year so even if you're only covered for the last six months they want to know your entire income mm -hmm. and we're going to tell them that and it's going to say okay so this insurance plan costs we'll say a thousand dollars but based on your household based on your income you're going to pay two hundred dollars a month because you qualify ben, for ben is not setting expectations there. not yeah, at all those are, those are, <laughs> these are just a, a random example random example there you go because you qualify for a tax, an advanced premium tax credit of in this in this hypothetical situation, eight hundred dollars. So that's how you would pay two hundred dollars a month, based on the income you claimed. At the end of the year, the IRS is going to compare how much you claimed with how much you actually earned, and they're going to make some adjustments <laughs> to your taxes. Man, this is a a scary moment for a lot of people <laughs> when it's it's tax filing time yeah. because. You use the the right term. It's an advanced mm -hmm. premium tax credit. Now that's a whole bunch of jargon right yep. there. But let, let's unpack that. What is a tax credit? A tax credit is essentially when you go to file your tax return, your income taxes. We calculate what your tax is mm -hmm. and then apply credits to it to just knock some of the tax right off of the the return. Mm -hmm. So it's a dollar for dollar reduction in the amount that you pay in taxes. Tax credits are wonderful. We love them. Mm -hmm. But in this case, you're getting the tax credit throughout the year because they're asking you to pay less premiums, right? Right. So your health insurance is costing less because they're giving you your tax credit ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But how do you know what your tax credit is? You, you don't really know what your tax credit is until you file your taxes mm -hmm. because it's based on your income. And things can change throughout the year, right? right. You, you made a guess as to what your income was going to be for this year, but now... Uh, Everything's in, you know, when it, when you're filing your taxes, the year is done, all the numbers are official. Now we've got real data to, to uh, calculate off of instead of your guess. And this is where some people can have some surprises because maybe they were way off on their estimate of their income. Maybe they were paying actually too little throughout the year on those premiums because they were claiming more credits than what they were actually eligible for. And guess what? you have to pay it back when mm -hmm. you file your taxes at that point. Mm -hmm. e either you're writing a check back to the government because you owe money on your taxes now, or maybe you were used to getting a nice refund and your refund just got squashed 
because you're giving back some of those premiums that you weren't eligible or those credits that you mm-hmm. weren't eligible for. So, man, it, it can be stressful, especially for someone who maybe has a major change throughout the year to their income. They started off on one plan. Maybe their original uh, guesstimate on income was accurate, but then they start a side hustle that blows up on them and it just does awesome. Yeah. You know, um, maybe they get a new job and actually are making more money than they ever were before and they don't go back and recalculate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, boy, it's uh, a a very important process when they're sitting down with a health insurance agent to be really as precise as possible on those those income estimates, right? Correct, yeah. Because we don't want tax surprises. Oh, my goodness, no. no. This is is why, this is one of the many reasons why you need comprehensive financial planning and specifically tax planning, especially if you are on... Uh, the marketplace, health insurance, Obama. I don't like saying Obamacare. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it was originally a derogatory I know. term, right? So I, healthcare.gov. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. healthcare.gov coverage. Um, and especially if you're transitioning into retirement because you talked about your income. Mm-hmm. Well, that means a whole bunch of different things. Is that gross income? Is that wage income? Is that... I remember, and we are, we are tax geeks here. I remember... The, the language was unclear that first year. It was wildly unclear. We, we poured through everything and couldn't see definitively whether it was gross income, whether it was wages, whether it was adjusted gross, whether it was um, net income or taxable income. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's adjusted gross income. So as you are looking at healthcare.gov and looking at your choices, I would want you to know in working with your CFP, what are the levers that I can pull to reduce my adjusted gross income just in case that it ends up higher than normal? And one of, not one of the choices, but a choice when you're looking at the options on healthcare.gov are plans that are HSA eligible. Even if you don't intend to fund an HSA, which I would strongly encourage that you do, but even if you don't intend to, I'd want that as a choice. You've got to pay a little bit more for these mm-hmm. now. Used to not be that case, but just so that if you finish your return and you look and say, oh my goodness, I, I owe five grand. How do I owe five grand? Uh, you've got $6,000 of premium tax credits that you've got to pay back. Oh, it's because my income was $4,000 higher than what I expected. Did you hear me? And that's a made up example, but that is real. Mm-hmm. My income's four grand higher, therefore I owe $6,000 more in tax or $10,000 more in tax. We've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Well, the ability to fund an HSA is an above-the-line deduction that reduces your AGI, and that can eliminate having to pay back those premium tax credits. Uh, sorry if that got really complicated over the radio, but there's a little bit more of that because there's a lot of tax planning that goes into this choice. So we've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, health insurance expert, Ben Bullgreen. Uh, every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. I think somewhere around 30,000 subscribers. We appreciate all of that, but lots of content. Huge library. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and follow us there. You can leave comments and questions there as well. Okay, we're talking about health insurance before Medicare. 
So what are your choices? If you retire early, if you leave, if, if you're temporarily unemployed, what are your, what are your choices? Um, and so the first one most people consider is COBRA. We're not saying that is the number one option. It's just most people consider it. But it's temporary, and it tends to cost a lot. And, and that's a relative term, but costs more than what you expect. I'll just say that. The third choice, then, a sort of reaction to, gosh, I need something cheaper, is a share plan. And while, you know, Josh mentioned during a break that most people just love it. I, in fact, I haven't heard something negative about it. Ben, of course, being the expert, has heard, you know, some challenges. But lots of people like these things. Uh, it's not health insurance. The cost is very low, but there are challenges if you have, uh, if you need to use it because you've got to come up with the, the cost out of pocket up front. And then sandwiched in between is the Affordable Care Act, healthcare.gov. And this really should be one of the first things that you look at mm -hmm. because, Ben, you were saying, you know, on average, do people qualify for these premium tax credits? Do, do most people or is it hard to get, you know, what, what's your sense on that? Yeah, I'd say for the people that I meet with, uh, nine out of 10 would qualify for at least some tax credits to bring the whatever the cost of the insurance is down at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, maybe maybe half of those are looking at really low premiums. And some of those are even looking at $0 a month for their coverage based on income, household, and factors like that. So there's actually a schedule. It sounds terrible over the radio waves, okay? <laughs> but if your household income is 150% or less from the federal poverty level, see, I told you it's going to sound terrible, <laughs> then what's affordable, quote unquote, by this law is 0%. You, you, you it, don't pay anything. You don't pay anything. It's not affordable. If your income, household income, ranges between 150% and 200% of the federal poverty level, what's deemed affordable is that you could spend 2% of your income on health insurance. And therefore, whatever the ACA plan, healthcare.gov plan is, whatever it costs, you, the premium credit is what reduces what you pay down to approximately 2% of your income. And then the stair steps from that up until your income exceeds 400% of the federal poverty level. And then that what's affordable is eight and a half percent of your health in, or of your income should go towards health insurance. And the more and more you make eight and a half percent means a bigger and bigger number. And therefore right. eventually you don't, you know, get any tax credit. So all of that, all that geeky stuff speaks to the importance of planning. So Josh, let's just touch on that planning process, whether that's, you know, you're in your, your early 50s and this is still a long way off. How do you plan appropriately for health insurance expenses or if you're on the doorstep? Well, to me, uh, this is part of an overall financial plan, but it often comes into play as people are approaching their retirement goal. And so it's not enough to just think about when do I want to be done working? How much of a nest egg do I need to accumulate to replace part of my paycheck and, and that sort of thing? You, you need to also be looking at the details. And one of the major details is how am I going to handle health insurance when I get into retirement, especially if you're planning to retire before Medicare can kick in. Because, you know, Medicare is an affordable type of a, an approach. It is uh, many of our clients tell us when they get into retirement and they have Medicare in place and all the various layers of protection that come with that, they, they say, this is the best insurance I've ever had in my life. This is awesome. 
But what about in the meantime, mm-hmm. right? And those who want to retire early, having a game plan for going on an Affordable Care Act plan, you know, mm-hmm. through the marketplace, that's going to cost you a chunk of money each each month. And it, it ranges, as we've been saying, it, it's based on your income, that sort of thing. But plan on it being an expensive chunk of money every month. It has to be part of the budget when you're getting out there to retirement. And that's why if you know in advance, maybe a decade or two or three before you even get to retirement, you can be planning for it. You can be preparing for it. Having a portion of your nest egg essentially building and growing to just cover those those health insurance premiums, that that's not being like overly um, cautious or overly um, planful, I would say, yeah. if Kevin was or here. Or even pessimistic, thinking, oh, it's going to cost that much. No, 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 that's just being proactive. Realistic. That's right. That's exactly right. But I, I've actually had clients who, you know, they want to retire at, say, 63. We crunch all the numbers. We show them, yeah, you can do it. Like, you, you've been blessed. You've, uh, you've been sacrificing. You've been saving along the way. You are at a point where you can afford to retire at age 63. And then we look at health insurance premiums going on the Affordable Care Act, and they're like, well, I'm not doing that then. And I'm like, but no, no, we already showed you. You can afford these premiums. Yeah, but I don't want to pay for those. Like, I, I'm on an employer plan right now. I, I don't want to retire. And I'm like, it was just like a mental hurdle for them, essentially. Yeah. You know, like the thought of paying for this out of pocket, you know, they, they just couldn't stomach it, even though they could afford it. Mm-hmm. And so part of, for, for some people, it's getting yourself mentally ready to feel the full brunt of your health insurance coverage and to be able to afford it. Then enter into retirement confidently and don't be, you know, feeling be, begrudgingly towards having to pay those premiums. I, I'm glad you shared that story. I thought I was just a bad planner <laughs> because I've had a lot of those conversations. And actually, you know, I joked at the beginning, do you, you know, Josh said, do you have plans to retire before 65? And it's like, yeah, 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 please. <laughs> um, but I'm probably that guy. I'm probably where I look and it's like, okay, uh, it's going to be, you know, 2,500 a month for health insurance to retire at 63. Uh, no, thanks. I'll just keep working. Uh, it's, it's real money, but you've got to be planning ahead to know, well, yes, even though you want to throw up when you think about how much it is, can you afford it? And if you can, then you've got choice and financial planning, comprehensive financial planning is all about creating as many choices as possible and then helping you select the very best one of a range of good choices. All right, Ben, we've got just a couple minutes left. Let's talk then about the transition onto Medicare, because whether you're retiring at 64 or 60 or 55, at some point, the plan is that you're going to transition onto Medicare mm-hmm. at 65. So when should someone start you know, sitting down with an expert like you? What's that process look like? Explain that transition. Yeah, absolutely. So I... I'm happy to meet personally as a as someone who rec- represents Medicare plans. I'm happy to talk with people if they're 62 or 63 or 64 to start planning for 65. Now, you we can't do anything before you are three months before your 65th birth month. So anything before then, we're talking, we're chatting, we're getting some education, looking forward to what's it going to be like because it is a big shift yeah. moving to Medicare from employer plans for most of your life. But three months before your 65th birth month, you can sign up for Medicare through Social Security, either ssa.gov or go to a local branch and, and sign up in person there. And then once you get that processed, Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B, 
We need both of them. Then we can start looking at, do you want to sign up for a Medicare supplement plan, also known as Medigap policies, and then a standalone prescription drug plan? Or do you want to go the Medicare Advantage route? Mm-hmm. And that's when that's why I like to meet even sooner, because that's a big decision itself. Yeah. And we got to talk through the, the benefits, the drawbacks of each side, because there are some. And then you would be, as long as we meet with enough time, we can sign up for those plans to be in effect the same time your Medicare would start. It would be the first of your 65th birth month. So even if your sixty, if, even if your birthday is on the 30th, even if your birthday is on the 30th, it would start on the first. On the first of that month. If your birthday is on the first of the month, it'll start the month before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep in mind when you sign up for Medicare. It can trigger some things that almost some gotchas at times. And this is just sort of public service announcement, I guess. But if you've been contributing to an HSA, uh, they're going to look backwards six months and say, six months prior to when you sign up for for Medicare, you're no longer eligible to be contributing to that HSA. So it really is important that you coordinate all of these these transitions and these um, signing up and all that with your certified financial planner and your health insurance expert together. And that's the point. If you got anything from the show, your health insurance decisions, you need to be planning in advance and you need to be working with a health insurance expert that's collaborating with your CFP so you know everything's working together. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Ben Bullgreen, thanks for being a guest here today. And Josh Gregory, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. You got caught. I did. You started. (laughs) That's right. You started. I'm going to get into (laughs) it. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.